yo, do I have a treat for you? Welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes, and occasionally I like to throw in a little midweek gym for you, and I think I might experiment with doing this a little bit more often throughout the summer. And the reason why is because this episode is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It all started with us. You know what? Before I I get into the story, I'd be remiss if I I didn't say thank you to our sponsor, Team Hockberg, my man, David Hockberg. Listen, if you're buying a home, you want to refinance your home, get a free quote from our guy, David Hockberg. He actually helped me in both buying my home and a refinance on my condo. He's a good man. 855-56-DAVID. So call him, and when you call him, tell him that you heard about him on the House of L podcast. Tell him that Lawrence sent you his way. That helps the podcast, so go and do it. 56david.com is the website. You can check out all of the stories about David. He does great work, and he can help you. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 1124061. All right. 85556 David. Call him and tell him that Lawrence sent you his way. All right. Now on with the, the foolishness. We were having a conversation on Twitter. Me, Dave Ross, Tyler Jacobs, Cam Smith. These are my boys, okay? Cam Smith has already been profiled on this podcast. I highly recommend that you go back and find his episode because he's got a lot of great stories to tell and does incredible work for the city as a child of the city of a kid as a kid from the West side. He has, he has so much love for the West side. His love is like my love for the South side. So me, him, Dave Ross, Tyler Jacobs, Tyler and I used to do a morning show together over at 120, which is now Stadium. Saucy used to be on that show, too. He was holding down the night side. I love these three guys. I absolutely adore these three guys. We have been having conversations about the Rocky franchise for forever. For forever. Just in the middle of of shows we're doing or segments that we're doing, it would pop up. And over the weekend, or last week, we were talking about it on Twitter. And I'm like, why don't we just put this in podcast form? Let's just just sit down and put it in podcast form so that everyone else can enjoy the nostalgia of us talking about the, the Rocky franchise. And so we pulled everyone together via Zoom. I got the band together. And this is what we came up with. Enjoy yourselves because we are about to rank the Rocky movies. We are going to talk about the best villains in the Rocky movies. We are going to talk about the social significance of the Rocky movies. And somewhere in there is Dave Ross's dating life. House of L presents the Rocky Roundtable. Well, boys, listen, I appreciate you doing this. This is a lot of fun. Um, So so that everyone knows on, on the podcast who we got, we got... Saucy Dave Ross, Cam Smith with two Fs, <laughs> and Tyler Jacobs. Uh, man, these guys, you can watch them everywhere on Twitter. You check them out on Stadium. You check Cam out on MSG. 
And we've been having this conversation on Twitter for years, for <laughs> literally years about Rocky. So I just decided, <laughs> let's screw it. Let's just, let's just talk about Rocky. Let's just have it out there. Let's throw it out to the people and let them enjoy what it is that we're talking about. So I've, I've, you guys can take the conversation wherever you want, but I want to at least start with this question. Best Rocky opponent. Mm. Drago. Wow. It's easily Drago. Why Drago? Drago helped you. I mean, think about when that movie came out with the, the, what culture, what society, what tension there was around the globe. And, Rocky bringing down uh, the the beacon, the bastion of the former Soviet Union, and all the injecting of steroids <laughs> and the and just the cultural difference between the U- uh, Soviet Union and the United States, and, and to knock him down as the underdog there, to me that's the be- that's the best opponent. And he has those great one-liners. I must break you, and then the the montages that he has. He, he, has, he did better montages than actual Rocky. So you, that's not you're going to give me Clubber Lang. You're going to give me Apollo Creed. I don't even but, know who his opponents man. are after Drago, but it is definitely uh, Drago. Cam, you want to great. It was, listen, I'll, I'll start first. Now, it was a great fight. Now, Rocky beating Drago in Russia was great, but then he gets like 50 points deducted off for that horrible speech. If I can change, then you can change, and we all Thanks. can change. <laughs> So stop me right there, all right? I'm going to say Apollo Creed oh. is the best Rocky opponent. Why? Because he got two movies out of it, okay? Mm. So you think about what Apollo and Rocky, how they started in the first ever Rocky, right? And how really Apollo didn't take him seriously. And remember, Rocky was coming up, was fighting in these, like, dive bars, like these places where people were in there, like, on Tuesday right. night fights, you know, in the back alleys of Philly. <laughs> and so... He has an opportunity to fight against the heavyweight world champion in Apollo Creed. And that's where he leveled up because he understood the opportunity. And Apollo, who didn't take him seriously, found out how great Rocky was and how it was going to be a match and wasn't satisfied because it ended up with, of course, Apollo kind of getting the edge on him. But they, he wanted to prove himself again and fight Rocky. And that ended up being the wrong thing where Apollo couldn't even pull himself up on the ropes. To, I mean, more. Lawrence, you know this. We always say there's no wrong answers. You just heard two wrong answers right there. Wow. The correct answer wow. is Clover Lang. You know it. I know it. The American people know it. I mean, Tyler wants to talk about the Cold War, how like Drago and that had Cold War connotations to it. I mean, Mr. T, excuse me, Clover Lang introduced me to Nike. I didn't even know what they were. When he came out <laughs> in the movie, I called him Nikes because I didn't know it was Nike. That's how raw it was. He changed everything. How people worked out, how people had their hair, people put roach clips in their ears, and they had knives on their feet. You want to talk about a cultural icon, Clubber Lang changed the game. And I cannot believe he got two fights and out. Hey, woman. Hey, woman. Listen here. Since your man ain't got no heart, maybe you'd like to see a real man. I bet you stay up late every night dreaming you had a real man, don't you? I tell you what, bring your pretty little self over to my apartment tonight, and I'll show you a real man. You want you get That's it. Yeah, now, th- we were deprived of Clover and Apollo 
I just, it still drives me crazy. That's one of the things where I feel like they get a lot of stuff right when it comes to the, the fight game itself. But that's one of the things, and I really appreciated that about Creed, where where they were going through the fight negotiations, like, look, you gotta you gotta rock the Creed name, or else we can't sell this fight. With Clubber Lang, I'm still mad he didn't get a rematch. There has to be a trilogy to that, to to those right. two fights, because one was lopsided one way, one was lopsided the other way. Let's figure it all out and have a third fight. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tyler, how many rounds did the Clubber Lang Rocky fight the second one go? Like what, like six rounds maybe? I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's what, it, that's what I'm 15. saying. Like Drago, Drago and Rocky go the distance. Drago had the most depth of any opponent, even more so than Apollo Creed. He had a great backstory as he was kind of the again the beacon of the Soviet Union strength power as a new world order. Then we find out in the Creed movies that after he had lost to Rocky. The oh, his life falls to shambles, and he tries to raise this son to exact revenge on Rock and Creed in the United States of America. So not only was he the best in the moment of actually fighting, because he took Rock to the brink. I mean, like, he took Rock to the Rock had to summon something he never had to summon before, even in the ring against Apollo Creed. He had to do that against Drago. Unite nations, bring the world together. The most depth of character, it's got to be Drago. Clubber, exactly. Clubber Lang, he must not have done well in focus testing because they would have brought him back. I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, wait, whoa. How can you say that he brought the, 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 the Drago brought, brought the best out of Rocky? Rocky gained the best friend in Apollo. Like, Apollo was throughout the Rocky series. Like, of course, he, he met his tragic end. In Rocky Four with Drago because he was just being exactly. idiotic and I, and that part Therein of the lies Brown my point. He didn't have any bit. defense. Right. Cle- clearly, ridiculous. you match these guys up: Lang versus Apollo versus Creed in a battle royale. Who's coming out of there? It's the big Russian. The big Russian's coming out of that ring. He's tossing Apollo Creed. He actually killed Apollo Creed, and then he's tossing Clubber Lang over the top rope, and he's standing there waiting for Rock. I, so, I will I mean, say I, though, you guys can say whatever you want. You you've you've seen more Rocky than I. The three of you have seen way more Rocky than I combined. But you can't convince me Drago's not the most significant opponent. I would have I would have loved though, Tyler, to, to to speak to your point. Give me the Clubber Lang. Drago press conference. <laughs> oh. that, would have been good. that would have been spicy. Dana White can put that together, right? That that sounds like a Dana White special right there. Yeah, bring that on because I am I am here for every insult that Clubber Lang could throw oh. at Drago, and you best believe he's gonna say something to Brigitte because he had already oh, he said yeah. something yeah, to Adrian. Yeah, yeah. He's, gonna he's, he's gonna say something. He's, he's gonna start it with this. Hey, woman. Hey, woman, you a real man. Come over to the south side. And he's going to have the rabbit ear earrings and the, the cut-off jean jacket with the chest open with the hey, chain. He's hey, always going to have so, all that. Something tells me that the real Mr. T probably had a thing at some time for the real Brigitte. <laughs> it seems like that's Mr. Ah. T's. Same like Mr. T was, was that probably fit the profile that Mr. T was looking for Brigitte back in the day. Well, or maybe some Talia Shire, maybe a little Adrian, because he, he, oh. he definitely took a liking to her. He did. I'll tell you this, though. This is the elephant in the room that nobody ever wants to talk about when they talk about the Rocky series, okay? And, Cam, you and I were starting to get into it today on Twitter a little bit, and I had to pull back. Let's call it what it is. Clubber Lang killed Mick. He should have been charged with murder. <laughs> what? He, he pushed. Self-defense. 
Self-defense. Self-defense. Mickey's 9,000 years old, and he pushes the old man against the railing, and then you want Rocky to have to go out there in that state of mind and fight Clever Lang after you just killed my manager? Hey, Nobody talks you know about what? that. You know what? Keep your hands off of Pedro Martinez. And then nothing, <laughs> then, then you don't have any problems. If you don't put your hands on them, then they won't put their hands on you. The old thing is run up and get done up. And that's what Facts. happened to Mick. He ran up and he got done up. He, you don't, you don't like, approach somebody that's, that's a trained assassin, a killer, that's getting ready to go fight for his life in the ring. And this old man is coming in and trying to break this up. I'm in fight mode. Don't come into my space. Don't attack me. Cam, we're going to the ring anyway. Just back away, Clubber. Let Mick and Rock come through, and you don't have to kill me on my entrance to the fight. Now, to Rocky's credit, he came out stinging, remember? Because he's mad, and Mick's dying and all that. And then all of a sudden, once that wore off, <laughs> Clubber just took him apart in two rounds, and then he lies. He lies to Mickey on his deathbed. I mean, just he just rips my heart out every time I watch that scene. Well, he, he knows. He was hoping that Mickey he knows he lost. He was hoping that he, he could save him by by telling him that he won, and then once he yeah. got better, yeah. he could tell him the truth that <laughs> not only did I lose, I got my ass whooped. But, well, think, think, think about this though. I, I think one of the, one of the big reasons, of course, why Mick jumped in and wanted to try and protect Rock. And Sauce, we talked about this a little bit on Twitter. It was just, I think Mickey had a flashback, like back to his fighting days, and he thought that he still had it. But right. he found out quickly that he didn't. When he was like, oh, I've been off more than I can chew. But remember this, though. The lead-up to the Clubber Lang fight, who was Rocky fighting? Bums. They were all bums just to rock and maintain his title. And remember where Rocky and, and Mick had that conversation? Yeah. You know, all these guys, side guys, basically. And Mick had to be honest with him. So I think Mick felt guilty about that and thought that this was his opportunity to redeem himself, get back in Rocky's good graces. Let me jump out and sacrifice my life by jumping in the middle between the Clubber Lang and Rocky, and then he paid for it with his life. Nah, they wasn't set up. They was good fighters, but not like this guy, Rocky. He's a killer. He's a killer. outside, Outside of Rock and his opponents, you know, whether they were on his side or anyone outside of the ring, Mick's got to be the best character from the Rocky series, right? Not not a boxer. We talked about the best right. opponent or yeah. favorite opponent. Okay, and obviously, I got a wild card, but outside of the ring, anyone on the outside of that ring, is Mick, is Mick the guy? Well, I, he's my favorite, Shrammy, but I got to tell you, for like outside characters that don't get enough love, there's one that stands out for me. It's Thunderlips. The ultimate male <laughs> against the ultimate meatball. Hulk Hogan was so good as Thunderlips in that one scene. And, and we'll get into the Rocky rankings a little bit later, gents. But I will tell you right now, I'll lead the witness here. It's why Rocky Three is my favorite. Because you did have Mr. T. Nobody knew who Mr. T was. And then Clubber Lang, just that character jumps out at you. And then you throw in Thunderlips, the ultimate male gets the ultimate meatball, and, and Hulk Hogan comes out and throws him over the top rope, and then you got to rip off the grips to go back in there and fight him again, and Paulie's hanging out with the ring girls. I mean, that scene is so good, and it's so <laughs> underrated in Rocky lore. I got to give props to Hulk Hogan as an outside character. What I love about that scene, it's very reminiscent of the, uh, the scene in Dodgeball at the end where it's Michelle 
and White Goodman because yeah. you you find out exactly how small Sylvester Stallone is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hulk Hogan's a giant man, like, but yeah. but you found out real quick. You was like, oh. Oh, you're like five five. Okay, <laughs> got it. Now I've got all the, the perspective. I've, I I wanted and, on all of this. The the perfect scene, obviously, when they go into slow mo with Thunderlips when he has Rocky in the air and he's gonna suplex him, and it's in slow motion. He's like, all right, here we go, meatball, lights up, baby, and then throws him back. <laughs> so classic. Okay, but Tyler, I love that you chose Mick as the outside character outside of the ring for the Rocky series because he has. Like everything that you can back you up, inspirational speeches, funny moments, all of that. You know, even when Rocky was chasing the chicken and he finally caught him, and then Mick jumps out of nowhere. Now we got speed. You know, <laughs> I love well, Thunderlips. I love Thunderlips as well, Sauce. But I'm gonna go with this wild card. I'm gonna go with Paulie. Yeah, I, I think just... Paulie is one of those guys that when you first get introduced to him and you see just how just nasty and vile he is Not and racist his own and racist and super racist, and racist all <laughs> those things. but he started he started to come around a little bit and you start to feel a little sentimental for paulie but then he, he throws it all away when he signs over the power of attorney in rocky five and they lose everything and they got to go back to the hood and fill it like paulie what are you doing what are you but, doing? but it's a great point though about paulie because again i think that they, they they teach us a little bit of life right like he's just inherently racist and you don't know why and then what happens in Rocky Three? We all go out to LA, right? Because we're gonna train where Apollo trained, where he grew up. And then he's like, hey, you bums, keep it down out there. And Rocky goes, hey, they're not bothering you. He goes, yeah, what did I ever do to them? And they go, and they call me punchy. And he finally realized that he was being racist the whole time and it never even dawned on them. They're just like he is, right? So well, Paulie learns a little bit about humanity, I think, in Rocky Three. We gotta leave. I got a reputation. You mean reputation? You heard. I don't like these people. You don't like them? Maybe they don't like you either, Paul. What I do to them? They call me Punch. How about this one, though? Rocky Four, when they're walking out and, and Rocky's getting ready to fight the Russian, and Paulie gives this very emotional speech to Rocky of how, you know, he, he's messed up in the past and he wants to be a better person. And if he can come back in, this, in, in another life, he wants to be Rocky. Like he cries, he gives him a hug. I know sometimes I act stupid and I say stupid things, but you kept me around and other people would have said, drop that bum. You give me respect. You know, it's hard for me to say these kind of things because that ain't my way. But if I could just unzip myself and step out and be someone else, I want to be you. You're a little hot, Rock. That's good. Now bust this guy's teeth out. But then this is the switch up on Paulie. They get in the ring. He gets to look at Drago with his roll ball. And he was like, remember all that stuff I said walking through the tunnel? Forget how he mentioned it. I'm like, Paulie, you don't say that to somebody that's getting ready to really risk his life. Help you and help your livelihood. Like, what are you doing, Polly? I, I want to. I want to give a nomination to Mrs. Drago, and here, here's why. First of all, she is the most ruthless character mm -hmm. in the entire series. Yep. And that scene that that Tyler was talking about in in Creed, man, that hurt my soul when they brought her into the room and you saw the son, and he was just like. That's messed up. Like, like, <laughs> it, 
that she is straight up ruthless. Like you're no longer good. Fine, I'm gonna go with this military cat that keeps me in furs <laughs> and keeps the dollars coming in and all that stuff. So I'm gonna go with Mrs. Drago as far as my my recommendation for for the best non-boxing character. Well, you know, yeah, we gotta give some love. Me. We gotta give some love to Adrian. I mean, sure. we really do because yeah. again, in three. And again, this is why it's the greatest oh, one of all. Oh, here it is. Is when we're on oh. the beach. When we're on the beach and Rocky quits. Rocky's done. It's over. There is no follow-up fight with Clubber. Clubber's going to be champion because he can't do it anymore. Who pulls him up off his bootstraps? Who was it? It wasn't Apollo, right? Because Apollo's sitting there going, what's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? And he's like, it's over. And then uh, who was it? It was Adrian that said, I think you can do it. Apollo thinks you can do it, but it's gotta be you, Rocky, because everybody's done chanting your name. And Adrian is wretched, it's by the way. It's just gonna be us. <laughs> it's a fantastic Adrian, I, by I, the way. I started, see, I started to see a tear come down your eyes. <laughs> but Adrian saves the day. If it's not for Adrian, there is no redemption story. She is the underrated hero yeah, in all of this. The the best the best to um, imitate as you do well, unlike Adrian, is Burgess Meredith. That's the best. Uh, that's, that's just the best right there. Yeah, that's he, just he, the best. Am I crazy or does it feel like Rocky's restaurant would be so good? Like the food at Rocky's yeah. restaurant yeah. would be so well, yeah. good. But Spider Rico is. I bet he's got some good. I bet he's got some good gabagool there. You know, I just got done watching The Sopranos, so all it's in my mind is Satrialis, you know, and, and, the, and the meat market. So give me a gabagool and provolone with some peppers on a on a white. But I think Rock. I think Rock stays away from the sandwiches. He's more of a pasta guy. So you got mm. linguine, fettuccine, the bolognese. Yeah, um, he was. He was it, definitely it, eating a lot of pasta. I don't. I don't remember seeing. I don't remember seeing um, Rock or Adrian cook, but I, I'm sure Adrian had a nice red gravy, a Sunday red gravy, you know, something to throw over some <laughs> well, noodles there. I, well, remember Adrian at Thanksgiving in the original, right? Hey, you want the bird? Go in the alley and eat the bird. <laughs> so she was cooking Thanksgiving dinner okay. that okay. first Thanksgiving together, right? So she can cook a little bit. But my problem with the restaurant, Lawrence, would be one thing. Cam and I were talking about this too. Remember Spider Rico comes back in Balboni and he's working at the restaurant. You can't have Spider. He's not cooking, is he? Was he just well, washing dishes? Let's hope that he's not. But you know Rocky. <laughs> like, Rocky wants to make make everyone whole. So that's what yeah. he's he's all about. All right. The redemption so, story. So let, let's, let's, uh, let's just... Can we just say that we're not going to talk about Rocky Five? Yeah, should I think never, that's fair. Oh, should never, never been made. Honestly, I don't even think I've seen it, if I'm being completely you honest. You don't need to see it. There's need, no don't reason. Do it. Don't do it. I don't it. even think I've seen don't it. Don't do it. It's so really I, cringeworthy. I think, I think if, if you take I it. I know. It was, it was with Tommy Morrison. Is that who? Yes. Uh, Tommy, yeah. Tommy Gunn. If you take it out of this context, right, don't watch Rocky V as this action drama. View it as a comedy. Because if you view it as a comedy, it's better that way. If you think about the characters, we talk about characters outside of the ring. I forget, I'm forgetting the actor's name, forgive me on this, but the, the, the actor that played George Washington Duke. Oh, like, yeah. He's my runner-up for one of the best. <laughs> because he was just so outlandish and trying to be like this fake Don King, and that's Don how King. they paint him as in the movie. But just some of the things that he was saying, 
some of the things he was doing, especially the final fight between Tommy and Rocky outside. Right before they go out there, of course, like, you know, Tommy comes in, he's trying to bait Rocky into a fight, not knowing that Rocky wants to fight in the alley. Like, Rocky tapped back into his hood instinct back in Philly. He was like, well, I don't need a ring. My ring's outside. Right. So before he says that, George Washington Duke says, Tommy Gunn only fights in the ring. In the ring. (laughs) (laughs) My ring's outside. They go out and fight. And then Washington Duke grabs Tommy. He was like, you lose your finish. Don't fight this bum. This is how he's injected into that scene is hilarious. So watch Rocky Five title as a comedy and not an action drama. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Cam. You gotta watch it once, Trammy, and then never watch it again. Like it, those are the only redeeming qualities right there. It's the Don King character. That's that's it. <laughs> Pass it. Like, and I, you gotta remember, in this time, Tommy Morrison was on the precipice of being heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. he was a huge megastar in boxing when this came out. So like, we were all like, in my fraternity, we we're all like hyped up. Like, oh my goodness, we're gonna go see Tommy Morrison. Is Tommy gone? This how can this, this is going to be great. Yeah. And then we all sat there and like, this is the worst effing movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, what have you done? And you got to remember, it took Sly a long time because five was so bad and it was colossally panned that it took him a long time to come back with Balboa. And when he came back with Balboa, I cried thinking about how good Balboa was. I mean, Rocky six as some people call it. Balboa is so good that I was like, you did it, Sly. You redeemed yourself. You brought us all back. Like we said, Spider Rico's working. You know, you killed Adrian, which really hurt me at the beginning. Spoiler alert. But when they start off the scene, the first scene in the movie is with Sly going to her grave. I was looking around. I was like, what? She's dead? I wasn't ready for that. So I was just tears already. And six, he just run the gamut of emotions. I mean, Pauly, like, Sly is trying to relive his whole life, thinking about everything that's happened in his life. And Paulie's like, let's get out of here. The, I don't, I, the past wasn't good for me. Balboa was such a good film. And I think it's been lost in the Creed popularity. But Balboa, don't sleep on that one. That's I, one of my top five I'm with movies. you. Here's the thing. I think that it's the second best film. Film. Mm. Yes. Not movie. It's oh. the second best. The way that it is done. As yeah. far as the filmmaking of that movie, the cinematography of it, it was the, the script itself. It was plausible enough. It was plausible enough. And I just thought that it was a beautiful, and I had similar feelings of him. Like if you needed a punctuation on the series, him walking out of the ring with oh, everyone else and just being like him allowing himself to enjoy the crowd and enjoy the people. Yeah. It, the fight didn't even matter. I thought it was really, I thought it was on par film-wise with the first Rocky. As far as and the yeah, movies go, it, it, yeah. it's, it's a little lower, but it's a really well done film. See, that's how I feel about Creed 2. I think as a film, it's on par with Balboa. Because you talked about this, it's all about just the emotional tugs that they pull on their heart, right? You're looking at Adonis. Now he's, you know, in position to be, you know, the, the outright heavyweight champ. And by the way, side note, how the hell did Adonis Creed fight <laughs> Ivan Drago 
or Victor Drago. Like that, the weight classes were ridiculous. So that's another side story. Maybe <laughs> but I think the, the whole setup of Creed 2 was phenomenal in how they told the story, of course, with uh, with his fight um, against uh, the, the character that Andre War was playing. Like he beats him, he gets his Mustang back, and then it sets up the stepping stones for the father, son, and the son's avenging, yep. you know, what happened yep. between Apollo Creed and Ivan Drago when Drago killed Apollo. And that in itself was another side where you tap into Adonis and just his missing relationship with Apollo. But then you flip it and you look at Victor Drago and Ivan Drago and how their relationship really is just built on hate. Like they want to mm. get things back, or at least Ivan does, Ivan. Ivan wants to get it back to a level where he's more respected in the Ukraine and Russia, but they were back in the hood. Like they lost everything. Right. Similar to how Rocky lost everything and Rocky Five. So this is a situation where a lot of people, when I first watched Creed Two, and people were asking me, you know, you know, what did I think? This, that, and the third. And I said this. I said, you, you, you go from really hating Victor Drago to really empathizing with yep. him. Mm-hmm. You see the situation with him and his mother. How That's good storytelling. And, that and is how he's great storytelling, and how he's trying to, you know, appease his father and get his father father's approval so they can, you know, pull their family name out of the dirt. Because in Russia, you know, they were treated like straight dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Drago tells Rocky when he comes back to the restaurant. So that in terms of <laughs> film and storylines and emotions and just pe- piecing everything together is on par with Balboa. So that's why I love Creed 2. Tyler, we saw Creed 2 together on opening right. night when right. it debuted here in Chicago. And one of the cool things about watching the movie with Tyler is we shared popcorn, but I, I like to have a seat apart Tyler doesn't no but the, no but, that's no. not the rules when when you're having popcorn with me the popcorn goes in my lap yeah okay? I don't like that rule it just not goes in my rule. lap so you can reach for whatever you want to reach for but not a good rule no I feel no, I feel like you should have probably just had your own popcorn <laughs> <laughs> I think this is so a, I think this is, I think this is House of Bell after dark we can't be we, we gotta be efficient <laughs> We put a, we put popcorn in just a seat in between us. We're robbing a seat from someone else, especially in this world we live in now. Who knows if movie theaters are even going to be something that exists if, when we return to normalcy? But I'm sorry, bro. I mean, you, you just, just just reach in and grab some popcorn. I'll put some crunching yeah. bunch in there too. We'll make a little popcorn crunching bunch mix. It'll be a whole big party for the family, my friend. So, so see, now you guys understand that was the first problem going to see the movie with Tyler. <laughs> the second problem is, you know, you guys know how it is, I, and I'm pretty emotional in these movies. There are going to be parts of the movie where you get choked up, and then I can't let Tyler see that, right? Yeah. So you're like, you're trying to get your own popcorn and maybe some Twizzlers and not cry. There's a lot of things going on for me at Creed too on that opening night. So I yep. really do want to go back and watch it again without Tyler or the popcorn episode that we had <laughs> to really put it in proper perspective. Because right now I have it after Balboa, but I do have it above Rocky two, And Rocky two for me is way down on my, on my totem pole. Another friend we all share, Tim Doyle, it's actually his favorite. And he's like, well, that's because, you know, he gets married. He's got a kid. He wins the belt. And for all those reasons, I don't like the movie. I like depressed rock. I like when he's got to fight for everything. When Mickey gets murdered by by Clubber, and he's got to fight back and get his That's title. That's slander, man. Mickey gets murdered. That is slander. <laughs> it is straight up so Mickey slander. Got murked, but he got murked by Clubber. <laughs> I mean the the dramatics. 
Right. Let me ask you guys a a question about Rocky movies overall. Uh Are Rocky movies date movies or are they crew movies? No, I I do think they're I do think they're more date movies, honestly, because of what Sauce was just talking about there, especially in the first one. There's so much emotion tied into this movie. It's making grown men cry. And the only time time I've seen Sauce cry is when he was standing over a three foot putt to shoot 80 or 79 part. That's the only other time I've seen him cry. But when he's watching, if if you're with a woman and she can see that something evokes that kind of emotion out of you, that sympathy, that empathy for Rock either losing his best friend or going through marital troubles, trying to, you know, get back the, the dog that he once had. And then seeing something like what happened with Victor and Ivan Drago, their relationship, father, son, and how a mom walking out, a parent abandoning you. There's so much emotion tied up into the storytelling of this Rocky and Creed series that I do think it makes a good movie because it can show to a significant other the softer side of you. It can show that, you know, we're not just going to watch a movie where people pound each other's temples in until they're bloody out the nose. We're going to see real human emotion, real connection. So, I mean, I went and saw it with my crew, Dave and Timmy D, but uh, if I would have had a, a lady friend on my arm, I think it, it might have been, been an even more successful night. Now, you know what, Tyler, those, those are all great points. Those are all great points. Uh, at first, I was going to say, no, 100%, go watch it with the crew, watch it with your boys. But now thinking about it, you talk about the emotions in the storyline, especially with Creed and Creed 2. Yeah. I watched those in the theater with wow. my wife. And I was surprised how she, how invested she was. And I think that investment came from that emotional storyline of Adonis not knowing his dad and him having that conversation with his mother and him trying to, you know, not only just kind of make the Creed name back to what it was and try and bring more positive light to it, but then also at the same time trying to fill this void that he has for his missing dad. Like he felt like he was the bastard child. Now he's trying to redeem himself and make sure that he finds his own way. So those emotions invested my wife in the thing. And then now the fight scene comes, she's more invested than I am. Like there was a point <laughs> in the scene where Adonis finally, like obviously with um, liking on the character's name that, that he fought uh, at the end of three one, but you know, finally gets a nice shot on him and finally shows it like he's here to stay. My wife stands up in the theater. I'm looking at her like, <laughs> oh. not, not surprised. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? But more so like, yes. Yeah. Now you She's understand in. why I love Rocky so much. Yes. Yes, that's it right there. So yeah, because, definitely, I, I think it's, yeah, you got you to gotta go check it out. With hey, I bet even, Sauce, I bet even Sly would tell you, Rocky's a lover. He's not a fighter. First and yes. foremost, he's a but lover. Here's, but here's the problem with all of that, okay? Cam, first of all, she's your wife, right? So you know... <laughs> You know she's a ride or die. So if you're invested, she's invested. And when she's into it, that's why you know you married her because she's the right one, right? The problem, and maybe this is why I'm single, okay, (laughs) is if I went and she either A, asked a question, or B, was not responding to the movie, we got problems. We're going to have big time problems because I'm already eight movies in on the emotional spectrum here. And if she can't reach my level, it ain't gonna work. So what you're this saying is that you don't even want to you don't even want to take the risk of a Thank good you. of a good woman being with you in that movie because you're gonna look at her a certain type of way if she doesn't respond to the Rocky movies the way <laughs> that you want like for her to respond ding, to it. Ding 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 number one answer Lawrence Holmes do not ruin it for me. 
This is this dude's got problems. Hey, did, you, did, you, did, you, did you just did you just got problems, man? Did you just pull an Apollo? Talking about ding <laughs> ding. ding. <laughs> I I can tell you guys this story because Tyler knows it to be so true. I had a similar situation. Now again, not Rocky specific, but the same relation. So I had had a nice evening on a Saturday night. It turns into Sunday morning. Nice. And oh by the way, Tiger Woods. <laughs> is going for the green jacket on this Sunday and they moved the tee times up because of bad weather. So I was caught in that in between. I have to see every second of this round, but I don't have time to take her home, but she kind of wants to stay. That whole thing happened. The next thing you know, I am crying on my couch because Tiger is about to make history and she looks at me, and she doesn't appreciate golf at all. And she goes, is this a big deal? And I, I swear to God, I said, just give me a minute. <laughs> because she couldn't appreciate what we were watching. So this there's is... some Rocky Nine hold, that comes hold on, out. Hold on. So, did you yes. just crimson tied her? Is that what just happened? You crimson tied this woman. Because she said something during the sunset, you got pissed, and and now she's out because she couldn't stand there and then let you enjoy the sunset. Bravo, Hunter. Sir? You knew to shut up and enjoy the view. Most eggheads want to talk it away. You stocked this one up a couple of points. This is ridiculous. I just needed her to not ask any questions in that moment. Just not like I knew I could see she couldn't appreciate why I'm crying. Why a grown man, almost a half century years old, is crying because of a moment in sports history. But Rocky, is that real for me? So if we go see a movie and you ruin it for me, it's one and done. That date is over and there will not be a callback. Well, Dave, I got to give you some hope, my brother. I got to give you hope because my wife was not a big Rocky fan. So oh. the, the beautiful rose and flower that she is, I had to continue watering her with Rocky. Change <laughs> of the guard. And keeping, keeping her around my brother and my cousin. So we watched Rocky every single time we spent the night over my grandparents' house. I'm talking one through five. And even just oh. laughed our eyes out at five because it's just hilarious. But I had to keep watering it and feeling... Her mind was Rocky quotes, Rocky things. Like I could randomly wake up one morning and I'm putting things up in the room and I can just say, you can't win. And she'll look at me like, what the hell is wrong? <laughs> well, if you, if you watch Rocky three, Adrian and Rocky were having that very passionate conversation on the beach and Rocky gave up on himself and Adrian tried to encourage him. Then you would understand that line from Adrian, but you got to watch the movie. So See, after maybe years of me doing that, she's like, okay, fine. I'll start watching you. And just, it so happened that Creed and Creed 2 came out oh. on that time where she had finally watched all the Rockies and she can keep up and understand the story now. So it was perfect. So you got to keep watering that flower, Dave. Oh, come well, on, brother. Well, so you always have found your Adrians. Me and Tyler don't have the Adrians. And I, <laughs> I will not settle for any Bridget Nielsen's. I won't. I need a real ride or die. I got to have somebody that's going to yell at me in the beach and keep me motivated. I'll tell you that that the scene for, for Mel is, is Creed with the biker boys at the end. That's that's when she's ready to fight the whole damn theater. Yes. Like she's ready to go right there. To me, that is 
that's that when I think of Rocky, as much as I we were talking about the emotion, like it is kind of corny and cheesy, but Rocky movies, it's like Team America, you got to have a montage. And there's a montage there where, the, where he's running through the streets of Philly with the biker boys. And then there was the montage in Creed 2 where he goes down to south of the border and starts banging on the tire to get his get his body right. And, of course, Rocky running on the beach with Apollo. Hello, how iconic is that? And Rocky 4, a reason why I think it's the best, not only do you get the rock montage where he secludes himself somewhere in Siberia with nothing but, like, the wilderness around him and is somehow able to get himself into even better shape then the montage you saw where Drago keeps punching and the pounds per square inch, 1,500, 1,700, 1,800, 2,000. It's because you like analytics. You just like analytics. What? That's why that resonates with you. A montage is what gets the juices going in a rock. You know what? That's true. And thinking about that, though, Tyler, let's let's ask this question. Let's throw it out to the group, all right? Best Rocky montage in terms Ooh, of right? What do you think God. is the best? Ooh. Because, Tyler, you mentioned, yeah, back in Siberia, like he's running up mountains. He finishes his whatever, it's however many song. miles he runs, and then he's like, Drago at the top of the mountain. You got that one. Then, of course, you got to go to the original and the original Rocky with them getting the ready. Steps. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, then that's I have the Tiger, too, right? Oh, that's, that's, oh that's, Tiger. You got so many, too. And, and from, four is, what's, is what's his montage one, when he's in Siberia. For me, it's four. It's when he's in Siberia. Is it, is it hearts of Yes. Hearts of Fire, yeah. yeah. He rips down the picture of Drago off the mirror. <laughs> yeah, see, that one to me, that one to me, that stands out. That's my favorite. That's my four is my, my favorite. I do love the Drago. I do love the Drago montage as like a foil to that. As the PSI. Exactly. Yeah. That, that is, and, and Brigitte's like just disgusted until he reaches 2000. Yeah. Like he, he can't satisfy her until she's, he's literally a cyborg. He's reached God mode. For me, it's four. Sauce, where, where, where do you stand? I got to go with Clever Lang's montage in three. Yes. I, I just, just seeing him do those pull-ups the way he did with that mohawk. Just all the raw brute strength that Clever Lang brought to the table. I'm not kidding you guys. I'm watching, I think it was 1983 when that came out. So it's a much younger Dave Ross. And I'm watching that in the theater and I'm like, who is this guy and how do I do that? Because I've never seen anything like that before. It was just the raw power of Mr. T and seeing him do those things, the inverted pull-ups, the way he did those, yeah. it's just, it was amazing. And it was nothing, there was no frills about it, right? It wasn't like Rocky was dancing around with the bubbles and Mickey hated it because it was all, you know, it was all frou-frou now. It wasn't like the old Mighty Mix gym back in the day. And that's what Clover <laughs> was doing in Chicago. I got to say that montage is still number one for me. Cam? Yeah, those are yeah, those are all great, but I, man, it, it's tough. But I gotta I gotta side with with, with Tyler on this one, man. Rocky yeah, Four and wow. just that whole montage is unbelievable. You think about this, right? He he's training, right? He's training. He's going through it, and he's there's, there's something missing, right? He does. He's not fully training how we normally see Rocky training. Mm -hmm. But that changes when Adrian comes to town. Yep. And she makes the trip yep. from the states. Over yep. to Siberia, and she wants to support Rocky because she felt that he it was a risky situation that he could possibly die. She just saw their good friend Apollo just collapse and just almost implode uh, against against Ivan Drago. So now she's like, all right, well, let me go over there. Let me support him. I'm his wife. I'm his best friend. I know he needs me. When she comes over there and he mm. sees her after that run, 
that's when the montage level rises up, right? The, the, the heart's on fire starts pumping. It gets loud. It seems like they turn up the volume on the movie, too. <laughs> right? You see him running, right? The, the bodyguards that were trailing him, they get all kind of fluctuated <laughs> because they can't keep up with Rocky. He's running so fast. And, you know, and Rocky takes off, and he starts running up a mountain, finishes the mountain, and yells Drago's name out. He's in the barnyard. Adrian, Duke, Paulie are on the little horse. Carriage ride, whatever. Rocky's <laughs> lifting him up, bangs popping all out of his body. He takes the picture of Drago off the mirror and covers it up. Like I'm like, yes, he's ready. He's ready. This man is willing to die to avenge his friend Seth Apollo Creed. So that has to be the, the best for me. Side note, Hearts on Fire is on my playlist. My yeah. Room. Oh, I always throw that in. That final mile. Absolute banger. If I need if you're an on extra boost, I'm putting Hearts yeah. on Fire. Mm. If you're on that last mile, I feel you, get you home. on the KGB guys, like them <laughs> sliding in their Mercedes. That's a sweet <laughs> yeah. part of, of the training. You got an actual fire. You have the beard, him growing the beard. You know what, <laughs> I, kept, you know what yeah. I kept thinking about, though? I kept thinking... How did he get down from the mountain? Because mm. if you've ever actually gone hiking, getting up is actually the easy part. Getting down, getting down an icy mountain, not that easy. Not that easy at all. It, it's the runner-up for me. I'm going to go with with the training scene for Rocky Three, And yes! So, and, and here's the reason. There's a couple reasons. Throwing him into the pool... He can't swim. <laughs> like, it's so bad. And the other thing that I love about it is you can tell the difference between a regular person and an NFL athlete. <clears throat> when they're running on the beach, Sylvester Stallone is running as fast as he can. As fast as he humanly can. And for the last 20 yards of that, Carl Weathers is running backwards. He's, he's barely breaking a sweat and he's running backwards and he's still beating Rocky. Like, I'm sure they had to tell Carl, hey, we're going to do these slow-mos of you and Sylvester running. We need you to go at about half speed he's going full speed we need you to go about half speed or else the shit ain't gonna look right because you're gonna dust them and run past them well we all gotta agree on this that apollo led up on that final sprint with rocky oh, yeah. rocky's confidence up absolutely of course if apollo wanted to dust him he could have dusted, dusted him but apollo's like i'm training this guy let me let up a little bit just to build his confidence. But, but even with we'll like the, the water, we'll go jumping around in water after. Even the, the, even the rhythm of his footwork, like even like mm. that thing, like that's a dope yeah, montage. 
So yes, so, it is. So Rocky Four is closed because it's got everything you want. He's <laughs> he's isolated. Then he's not <laughs> isolated. He's got a beard to show you how much time has passed. He's <laughs> got great <laughs> montage trick. <laughs> they, they they have the fire in there to let you know he has to take his shirt off. You know, like there's all sorts of stuff going on. But I'm a I'm gonna go with the beach scene right. just because my man Carl Weathers for 20 yards is running backwards and he is still dusting <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. I got to throw this out there to you guys too, because again, I'm the oldest one, I believe on yes. this Zoom call, and I don't believe it's actually that close. Now, <laughs> when you watch Rocky, the original, for the very first time, okay, at the end, and Lawrence, I love when you get into the filmmaking part of it, and it's why it won Best Picture in 1976, one of only two sports movies ever to win Best Picture. Because at the end, and I still tear up and get chills every time I just think about it, when Rocky's gone the distance and they're reading off the scorecards for the fight, people in the theater did not know who won. So remember, there's no Twitter, there's no social media back there. So people, after the movie was over, were trying to figure out who actually won the fight. Because it was a split decision, was it Apollo or was it Rocky? And he's just going, Adrian! And then Adrian comes in, where's your hat? I love you. I love you. And then that's the end of the movie. That's the last line of the movie. And if you, you have to listen, because over him saying, I love you, is when they announce. And still, still yes, that's the only way you would ever know that Apollo actually won the first fight. It was so ingenious that it made everybody have to go back when Rocky II came out to figure out back then, I, I don't know, is Rock the champ? Is Apollo the champ? It was so well done. And it's literally a split second after he says, I love you. And then, and still, you hear it echoing and they freeze that final shot of Adrian and Rocky hugging. I love Rocky Three pretty much just for all the reasons we've talked about. But I still have to think that Rocky, the original, is still the best Rocky movie of them all. Where do you guys stand, Cam? What's your... Absolute number one. That it it used to switch like off and on. Like my, my top three were and this was before Creed was introduced, before they started the Creed series. So my top three were in no particular order because I said it was they switched. It was Rocky two, Rocky one, Rocky four. Like those were all kind of like kind of mixed and matched some days. But now that Creed has been introduced to the series, all right, here's my here's my favorite. I'm gonna go with that said, I'm gonna go with Rocky Two. I'm gonna Rocky go Rocky Two as my favorite. As my favorite. It's my wow, favorite. Wow, that's an upset. I, I love how how it really ultimately jumps in and picks up right where Rocky One finished the original Rocky because they're in the hospital and you hear Apollo, "Where is he? Where is he?" Like he's in a wheelchair. He wants to see Balboa. He needs to avenge himself, avenge his name, and really avenge his career because Balboa was a nobody. Again, he was fighting in dive bars. Like, that was his career, right? So this is a situation for Apollo where he's been hum humiliated. Like, he knew that he underestimated Rocky, and I said that this is my favorite because it sets up, obviously, what came to be for the rest of the Rocky series. You have hmm. two characters in Apollo and Rocky that gain a friendship after really just trying to kill each other in the ring and how that ultimately sets up everything else. Of course, Apollo dies in Rocky Four. 
but then you see Apollo's son in the Creed series. So that picks up and it lays the foundation for that. But I think what you see is, is two guys that one, of course, respected each other in the ring, but then also really started to turn that respect wow. into love and develop a relationship. And that was the beauty about that. And you transition to Rocky three and Apollo's training Rocky for him to get his, 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 his mold back, to get the eye of the tiger back. Right? Mm. So that's why I think Rocky two is, is, is up there for me as my favorite. But then right behind that, I'm going to go with, with Creed. Creed is going to be my, my second best. Yeah, you know how I feel. I've said it. Four is, four is my favorite. Maybe it's it's because naturally biased. Uh, that was the first one that was made after my birth. Rocky one, two, and three were made before I was born. So four mm-hmm. was the first one that maybe I, I had some type of exposure to as it was being on TV, on HBO, or playing on USA or TNT. Um, and I, I, even though I really wasn't aware of the socioeconomic impact or kind of undertones of that movie when I was, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, uh, watching it, it just obviously there was a very identifiable good versus bad, you know, good versus evil, and that that redemption for the United States and the patriotism, the jingoism, all that good stuff there. So, if I can change, and you can change, we можете измениться. Everybody can change. Каждый может измениться. Uh, four for me uh, is still number one. Um, I, I did go back and watch, obviously, Rocky one, two, and three. And one is great, like mm. objectively great movie. And you see why it won the um, Academy Award for Best Picture. I did. I, I thought Creed one was better than Creed two. Um, I, I don't know too. if that's the one you said. Yeah, um, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I thought Creed yeah. one yep. was better than Creed yep. two. I think Creed one would pretty, would be in my top three. So I'll just go. I'll go four, Rocky one, and Creed one. That'll be my top three. All right. All right. What do you got, Lawrence? Well, I'm gonna, gonna judge it by, I'm gonna use the Shawshank theory with this. <laughs> Which of these movies am I going to watch from wherever I find it to oh. the end? Right. Ooh. And for me, wow. it's one, three, and then Creed one. And Rocky Balboa is like right there on the edge for me. It's right there with Creed one, but the the performance in Rocky three from Mr. T, and and now now you know like I actually have like a personal like relationship with that family, like like that that right there it makes it it makes it (laughs) even more fun because now I know some of the backstory of it, which is insane. Like to hear some of the stories about Hulk Hogan and and Mr. Yeah. T. And... Well, I, I'm unaware of this. What can you tell me? What oh, can you tell it's all. Your, it's your, all. It's all in. The, it's all in the podcast. If you go back yeah, to, you gotta listen to it. To I did a. I'm friends with Mr. T's daughter, Erica. Okay. She's a okay. A, a very very funny local comedian, mm-hmm. and she's she's opened up for Dave Chappelle and Hannibal Burris, and she we talked for 90 minutes about what it was like to grow up as Mr. T's daughter. And it Pure was, gold. And it was gold, fucking man. amazing. Like, like <laughs> it's so good. And the stories that she had about Stallone, like I remember, I remember saying to my boss at the radio station, I was like, hey, I want to play some of this on the radio show. And my boss was like, you absolutely cannot. 
play this on the radio because we are going to get our asses sued if you play this on the radio. Hulk Hogan would have been suing. There's no doubt. There's oh, yeah. there's no doubt right, about that. I got a homework that. assignment. I like it. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a good episode. Like we talk about a little bit of comedy and stuff too, but you you'll find out if you listen to the episode. So I'm going to go one, three, Creed one. It's so interesting. Important question. Sorry, Sauce. I think the most important question is, I know for you personally, as you strive to be an Adonis or Rocky, how many pounds of steroids slash HGH did Sly do for this series? I mean, even just just look at his body. All of it. Back in like the '70s and '80s. I mean, he did all of it. I'm sure Hollywood. I'm sure Hollywood was very eager to turn a blind eye. I don't know, did uh, what's his, what's the uh, actor's name who played Drago? Um, he's like a brilliant, like mental level. Yeah. Like graduated oh, from Dolph, MIT. Dolph Lundgren. Dolph, Dolph, Lundgren. Dolph, yeah. Dolph Lundgren. Like, I, I, did he admit to taking steroids for for the movie at, at some well, point? Well, I feel I feel like Sly has gone know. on the record with HGH though. I feel like he's yeah. actually said, "Hey, you yeah. know, what what? How did you think that I looked like that? Like even <laughs> like if you look at him in Rocky One and even Rocky Two, it's like a normal guy who worked out." Right, but yeah. after that, like no, you're talking about veins popping, right. like all yeah. sorts of stuff, baby oil, all that good stuff that he likes. Well, Rocky Four, Rocky Four, when he took his robe off in Russia to fight Drago, and he right. takes it off, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah, I know you've been running mountains and lifting up, you know, your your, your wife and your trainers in, in, a, in a horse carousel and all that, but there's no way that that type of training gets you looking like yeah, that. Right. You, right. you need an extra boost to look like that. Well, think about it in the original, right? When it, Before the night of the fight, and he can't sleep, and he goes over to the spectrum because uh, he's so nervous about the fight, and he sees there's Mr. Jurgens, right? Mr. Jurgens is promoting the fight. And he goes, hey, Mr. Jurgens, the poster's wrong. I'm going to be wearing red trunks and white shirts. <laughs> ah, it really doesn't matter. That doesn't rock. Just try to get some sleep. And you look at the body picture they have of him up there against Apollo, he looks like just a big sloth. I mean, it's just like this big body up on a big board. And then you look at him in Rocky three after he trains with Apollo in LA. And you're like, this guy is a completely different guy in three movies. So I, I thought they did a nice job. Obviously it was all chemically enhanced here, but they did a good <laughs> job sliding. I'm showing you what it's like to have nothing as a fighter, right? right. To literally come up, uh, you know, fighting this, the soup cans, like the Spider Ricos of the world and all those bums, right? And all of a sudden you get a taste of fame and how your life changes, your body changes, everything changes. Now you're rocking Rolexes and Paulie takes it and throws it at him at the beginning of three. And all. they did a great job because that really happens to a lot of fighters. They go from nothing, they go to something, and then they normally go back to nothing. What did, <laughs> what did Nick say to him? The worst thing that happened to you, kid, you got civilized. That's the worst <laughs> thing that happens to boxers. Can we talk about the fact that Rocky had a robot? <laughs> like, yeah. Rocky yeah. Rocky yes. Can we talk about that? Like, like a well, legitimate, a legitimate robot, like just in the crib, just just spending money on nonsense. Like just that's, that's right. absolute that's nonsense. That's when you knew life was good in the Balboa household where you could just throw money on a robot. And then, but the intro of the robot too, didn't the like the lights dim? Or the yeah, they, yeah. Oh, yeah. The almost like a smoke machine a came out. <laughs> that's right. It was that's like a commercial. Right. It's like a commercial within the actual movie about whoever made this or sold this. And obviously in the eighties, that was big. 
coming off of Star Wars, C-3PO and R2-D2, and this was kind of like their shot, maybe. I don't know if it was satirical in some way. Um, I No idea, but it seemed like it was just like, and there were short circuit, like in the eighties, if you didn't have like a robot franchise, you didn't have a fucking robot as a part of your movie, like your movie was trash, immediately dismissed. If you don't have synthesizer music in your score, Facts. a robot somewhere in the damn movie, you're not getting like 275 to sit there for two hours. That was the eighties, man. John, Johnny five is still alive, man. <laughs> I just love that Nick hated every bit of it too. He hated all the popping circumstance he hated the robot he hated how nice everything was and he just wanted to go back to mighty mix gym but that day was mighty mix gym. well I you mean, remember I, this though dave you remember this when they were in i guess the ballroom ballroom training and they got the guy playing the piano and then they're playing all the music got the girls dancing and all of that but then i don't know somebody blows a bubble machine and one of the bubbles flies by Mick, and he's just like, ah, get that out of here. It's so good. He's so mad at the bubble. Like, everything just bothered Mickey. All right. I mean, but the, the story is just so good, because who could have possibly seen that after he almost gets killed by Clover, and he's down at his lowest point, and what a great scene, Lawrence, when he goes back to his own statue and throws his yeah. motorcycle oh, helmet yeah. at it. It's, it's a yeah. riveting scene. And then he goes to the gym, to Mighty Mick's gym, Mick's dead. And he goes to that gym in the middle of the night in the dark. Yeah. And Apollo's yeah. there. Chills, yeah. baby. I mean, that's goosebumps. One the, that's one of the more emotional things I remember. I, I think about this, though. And Tyler, you say you're going to go back. And Dave, I think you said the same thing of going back and watching Creed 2. But the, the scene, along with, you know, with Rocky going up to a statue after he loses the clubber and the music that's playing, I believe the song was called Nikki, uh, mm. the Bill Conti uh, that, that he created for that particular scene. Very emotional. But then another emotional scene in Creed 2 at the end, when Adonis beats Victor Drago, and Rocky mm. comes up to the ropes, and you know Adonis comes over to him, he thinks he's going to embrace, they're going to be jumping up and down, and Rocky just comes to him, just real calm, patient, and looks at Adonis and basically tells him, like, you got it now, kid. I'm stepping aside. And so when he does that, Rock goes back and he sits down in the chair, and he has on the, the robe that says Creed on the back, and he takes his hat off, and just everything as it pans or as it zooms out, the, the music, the slow, the slow motion of everything, like a tear fell down my eye. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. Cam. Are, yeah, they, baby. are they are they are they hinting to either the end of the Rocky series or is oh, no. Rocky ultimately gonna meet his maker? Because he survived so much. Like let's all let's all agree that Rocky should have died in Rocky Four. Like he yeah, oh, been yeah, dead yeah. in yeah. Russia. Like hey, there's yeah. no way. Right. Yeah. But I think that scene for me is, is emotional in comparison to or in, in, in aid of uh, the scene in Rocky Three where, you know, he's trying to find himself again after he loses. Mm. Okay. Saucy, I want to give you a chance to give your list because I know that you've been dying to give your list. But before you give your list, <laughs> yeah, let's right here. let's talk about let's talk about <laughs> living in America. Let's talk oh. about let's talk about Apollo Creed <laughs> coming to the ring. With James Brown in the house. Oh, man. Oh, it's so good. I mean, seriously, boys, I'll put that scene for an intro. Any movie, forget Rocky movies, that scene and the cutaway of Drago craning his neck back to look at Apollo being lowered down as James Brown is blasting living in America. 
if that scene doesn't make you feel like everything that's right with our country and we're so much better than everybody else, I've never been more proud. And I served this country. I've never been more oh, proud man. of the United States of America than when Apollo Creed comes down and just looks that at the big is. Russian dancing. And, and he's just cringed that neck back. I'm like, yes, suck it, Russia. You're in our country now, baby. <laughs> But Dave, you gotta remember, you gotta remember this too, though. Like that was that was the final straw for Drago. Oh, it was it. Press conference, and then Apollo starts talking trash, and he talks to you know Bridget Nielsen, and Polly says something. I'm the silent majority, or whatever. What he says. <laughs> <laughs> and so Drago, at that point, like he's like, all right, this is supposed to be an exhibition, but after you come out dancing with James Brown, like we knew Drago knew who James Brown was. He knew who James Brown was, so he's like, okay. You're doing all of this, and you're trying to really humiliate me. Now you gotta die. Now you have to <laughs> I die. Take it easy on you. That's right. Now you gotta die. Now I'm gonna whoop, I'm gonna whoop that ass because you out here. You came out here with clown shoes on and a top hat, and now you about to die in the ring, shivering. And think, and think about that angle for Drago too, though. He, as you mentioned, Dave, he's looking up as Apollo's coming down, and Apollo's pointing down at him like, I oh, want you. I want you and Drago. Think about Drago as a little kid growing up in Russia and having that image of that, you know, of, 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 of uh, Uncle Sam. I want you. Yeah. No, this is flashback. This is traumatizing. You have to die now. Good point. No, 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 no. Remember, as Apollo said, obviously his tongue didn't pass through customs. You're in our country now. So you need to bow down to our heavyweight champ. You got the great Apollo Creed. Show some damn respect. It's just an exhibition. And by the way, if we're gonna put blood on Clever Lang's hands for killing Mick, well then what about a, what about what happened to Apollo? I mean, Drago is a murderer, and Rocky did not throw in the towel soon enough. It could have saved Apollo. Throw in the damn towel. <laughs> <laughs> Because Rocky held on to that towel, but Apollo did say, "Boys, we got to yeah. remember." Yeah. What did Apollo say? Told him not don't to do it. it. He, don't, don't, don't you do it? Don't, don't you dare. stop this, no matter what. Yeah. It's exactly what he said. No matter what, and he looked at Rocky, even though he knew he was going to die, and he still said, "No matter what." But Rock got to throw him. You got to, you got to save your <laughs> yeah, man. You got to, if that's got your man, you can't let your man's. <laughs> Die in the ring. You can't let let happen. I, I just want to point out for, for people pope. who are listening to this podcast that what you just heard was United States Marine Dave Ross say that the best moment America had, the, the moment that he's most proud of, is James Brown singing "Living in America" and Apollo Creed coming to the ring in a movie. I know that, that the, the president, fits, that's it, the president, the president just said he's going to have like a, a what, what is it, something at the White House, like a hall of statues, Apollo Creed, put a statue of Apollo Creed in Washington, D.C., so kids are going to be like, hey, mom, hey, dad, who's this? Oh, that's the great Apollo Creed. 
He died <laughs> to a Russian, and that's why and we're he, free today. I mean, the statue should look like Dave. The statue should look like Apollo with the Uncle Sam hat on and with his gloves on, pointing down. And like with the I want you point of love. Like that, so good. that should be the statue right there. All right. Yeah, I mean, all right, Saucy. Let's yeah. go. Let's get we're gonna give we did all okay. we did three. So let's let's get your three. We know what your number one is. Unless we convinced you. Unless we unless over this hour we somehow convinced you that you need to change your number one. You know what's amazing, boys? When we started this podcast, my number one has changed. I had written down Rocky three is my favorite Rocky and Rocky three cam. Like, you know, you switch summer years around. That's me and Rocky, Rocky three. It's so hard for me to make a, you know, a hard cut there as to which movie is actually better. I said I would go with the best picture in 1976 is the best, but the most entertaining to me is Rocky three. So I go Rocky three, Rocky. And then Lawrence, I got Balboa. Rocky Balboa is number three it's in the all time list for me. And then I got Tyler's Rocky four at number four. And then I got Creed right behind Rocky four. That's how good Creed was. And then I got Creed two right after and Cam, I'm sorry. Then I have Rocky two. I have Rocky wow. two way down the list. And then as mm. we all agree, Rocky, Rocky five, five yeah. which should never have been made. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Last yeah. thing I got for you guys. What do you want to see happen with Creed? Ooh. There has to be a three. There has to be a Creed three. We're all in agreement with that. But we talked about this on Twitter day, bro. Yeah. Clubber Lang and Lawrence, you ran on this too. Clubber Lang. Good point. That storyline needs to be told. I don't know how they do it, but it needs to be told. And I believe Steve Capel, who directed Creed two, Ryan Coogler, Coogler directed Creed one. Uh, but I think Steve Capel, if they bring it back, will probably direct. Creed three, and he did a phenomenal job, like picking up after Ryan Coogler. Like he did a mm-hmm. great job, no drop off at all. He talked about the, the emotional storylines and how, as a film, it was beautifully done. So if Capel is, is is tapped as the director for Creed three. I think he has to bring in that storyline of Clubber Lane and try and make it work somehow. How can he fit it in? I'm not saying the entire movie has to be the storyline of Clubber Lane or trying to fit that piece in like they did with Victor Drago and Ivan Drago, but there are a lot of missing pieces to what Clubber Lang was and who he kind of built himself up to be, right? So we just got like a little small taste in Rocky Three, but it should be more that that character and that that kind of backstory should be told a, a little bit more. Especially, and I'm a Chicago guy, so of course I want yeah. that. Yeah. So that means they're going to be shooting in Chicago, which would be weird. <laughs> It'd be fantastic. Well, look, you guys know I'm trying to goad uh, Mr. T and or Sylvester Stallone on Twitter. I always include those guys in our tweets because I'm right there with you, Cam. I don't know how you do it, but he, Mr. T, Clubber Lang can't just be in Rocky Three and then never heard from again. Not Offspring, something. There's got to be something that we can still pull from that because he was so dynamic to the point where he's my favorite character in the entire series. And then to not hear from him again, at least Apollo got four movies out of it, right? Even Mick, even when he was dead, they bring him back as the, the thing on his shoulder in five, which yeah, is terrible, yeah. right? So you still get a little bit more Mickey in there. I need more Clubber storyline in this. But I gotta be, I, I'm gotta i so impressed with what Sly has been able to do to keep this going. Because I think everybody just thought after five, well, this is just a punchline. Everyone he's made after five has been pretty damn good. It's been really so good movie making. Up, 
Yeah, sign yeah. me up for whatever's coming next. Tyler? I think I think for me the most appropriate way after you know learning a little bit more about the franchise here during this conversation is uh, in Creed 3, got to be in the hospital. Sly is on his deathbed. Oh, his last yeah. gasps of oh, air. No. And yeah. Creed, Creed has to walk in and mm. deliver the strongest cross to his chin that makes Rock <laughs> take his last breath, drop a white towel <laughs> on Rock's head, and then walk out slowly as he can away. And James Brown, living in America, is playing just blasting. So that way, finally, some justice. Finally, oh some justice God. for his father. Finally, yeah, remember, some justice for his father. Yeah. Well, remember this, guys. Remember this, guys. Duke, Duke's son was Adonis's trainer. That's right. That's right. That's so right. Have, have Duke's son throw the towel at Rocky after Adonis gets <laughs> that right cross, and there you go. Like, you got two kids who All were full circle. in the death of Apollo's and when Paul's just kind of faltered, I know, Dave, you're hating this. Yeah, I hate this. But you I, guys I are advocating for the murder, the murder of Rocky Balboa in his own series. Hey, hey, there's the blood on his hands just like there was blood <laughs> exactly. on that towel. That's right. Blood on his hands. <laughs> just like there was blood on that towel that he didn't throw in fast enough. So he got to go. It's like the Untouchables. That's the Chicago way. <laughs> well, gentlemen, this was a delight. I'm glad that we did this. I imagine that what will happen is, is that every one of us will think of something else we should have said. Oh, yeah, my right. God, yeah. And we'll have yeah. to do this again at some point. But uh, it, was, it was my pleasure to host you guys. Thank you guys for being on this episode. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave it with this. I'll leave it with this. Rocky won the original with Rocky and Mick. They have that back and forth when Mick finally comes back and he wants to train Rocky. And what does Rocky tell him? Like he goes off. He's punching the door. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll fight the big fight. Get my teeth kicked in, my head kicked in. <laughs> that scene, as Tyler can tell you, there are about a thousand places that I will cry at the drop of a hat. Literally when Mickey There's forgets his when he forgets his hat and goes back in to get his hat and seeing that old man, oh man, take a look at my life. I break <laughs> down every time when Mickey walks up. You want to, took you long enough to get here. My house sick. You know what my house? That that whole scene just rips me and breaks me down to shreds. Boys, this has been too much fun. We can do this for like four more hours. You guys are out of your mind. And uh, that's exactly why I wanted you all here to do this podcast. Uh, thank you to Dave Ross, Cam Smith, Tyler Jacobs for a very entertaining uh, review of the entire Rocky series. Boys, that was dope, man. Yeah, thanks for having us, dude. That was this is great, Lawrence. Thank you, man. This is great. No, thank you guys. That was so fun. It was a lot of fun. It was stupid. It was really stupid. And I'm glad that you hung around for the stupidity. Hopefully, you had as much fun enjoying us being stupid with each other talking about Rocky as we did hanging out with each other being stupid talking about Rocky. I want to thank David Hochberg and Team Hochberg, our sponsor for the podcast. Please, 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 you got to understand, if you're in a situation where you're looking to refinance your home or you're buying a new home and you want to get funds for the, the new home, I want you to talk with David, okay? I want you to call him. 
You can get a free quote. It's real simple. 855-56-DAVID. Again, that's 855-56-DAVID. And when you call him, just do me this favor of saying, David, I heard about you on the House of L podcast. Lawrence is my guy. He trusts you. So if he trusts you, I trust you. And if you want to check out more, 56david.com. But make sure you tell him that you heard about him right here on the House of L podcast. And let me just say, the Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 1124061. Thank you so much for putting up with this nonsense. If it helps, we did have a blast. I hope that came across. Because it was fun for us. So that's it. I'll have another great guest coming up this week. In fact, the guest coming up this week for House of L is Jonathan Hood. The interview is already done and it is spectacular. But I wanted to give you a little midweek treat. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. Please give this podcast five stars, write a review, tell a friend about it, and tell them about how stupid we were on this episode. Hey.